This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. This is Buddy Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisor and co-author of Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors, Get Going Young. Mississippians are no stranger to hurricane preparedness. This is Hurricane Preparedness Week. In the face of an emergency, we know to secure our property and stock up on non-perishable food and water. But another important aspect of emergency preparedness is often left undone, and that's financial preparedness. In the aftermath of a hurricane or other emergency, you shouldn't have to worry about searching for account information or retroactively trying to remember the details about all your possessions. Luckily, emergency financial documents are among the easiest things to prepare, ensuring that you have everything you need uh, available during an emergency. We're going to be talking about a first aid kit designed to help you organize your financial information this morning. Uh, You can organize it before and have it after an emergency. So we're going to be talking about that, but also looking for your personal finance questions this morning. Our phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 877 Six seven two seven four six four. If you're not near the phone but would like to participate this morning, you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy. Hope that you're doing well. Good morning. Uh, a couple of things, uh, financial news in the news, um, and I can't think of the proper term, the fiduciary... The fiduciary rule? Rule, yes. The fiduciary rule, and a fiduciary is someone who is charged with putting somebody else's interest above their own. And so investment advisors, uh, we are registered investment advisors. We have always been fiduciaries. We are obligated to put our clients' interest before our own. Um, And that is not the case across the entire financial industry. So we've been having this big battle about who should be called a fiduciary. And the best thing that's come out of that is people are finally figuring out what a fiduciary is, first of all. And they're also figuring out just because someone calls themselves a financial advisor, they're not necessarily putting your interest first. Uh, but I heard on the news yesterday that the um, the rule, I guess, that was put in place during the last administration is now expiring. Is that correct? Well, um, the, the plan was for everyone in the financial services industry to be a fiduciary. We didn't get that. But what we got was that if you work on retirement plans, you must be a fiduciary. So I'm not sure if that's what you're referring to, um, but that's where all the change has come about and the complaints that, oh, if a regular broker who had not been qualified or had not had to be under this fiduciary rule, if he had to suddenly do that, it's going to cost more and he may not want to do business with you. And I say bunk. 
So uh, just a reminder, anytime that you plan to meet with uh, someone who says they're uh, a financial planner, you should obviously up front kind of know, hey, where your fees, what the fees are and and who's paying him and and that sort of thing. Right. And the other um, the other standard is called the suitability standard. And the suitability standard just says, well, as long as I can show that this fits you, Kevin, then even though it may benefit me more for you to go into product A, where I get a bigger commission, that's okay. Um, And that is a lower standard. And the difference there, some people think, oh, if you have this, uh, who who is going to make sure that you are adhering to this? Well, it is simply in place in case you get sued. So when you go into a courtroom, and if you're a broker, and you're operating under the lower suitability standard, it's going to be a lot harder as a customer to show that you've not gotten good service. Whereas if you're operating under the fiduciary standard, that's a higher standard, and that's going to be decided in court. Uh, What about any other sort of financial news in the news? Well, the big thing that we're looking at today, of course, is the announcement about uh, the Iran um, situation. And we've already seen the price of oil go past $70 a barrel, which was a real surprise. And uh, we think that's because it's already built into that that you know, uh, President Trump is going to say we're going to get out of this um, uh, deal and we're not going to do it. And so that that will create more unrest in the Middle East. And, of course, that's a source of a lot of our oil, even though here in the U.S. we produce more of our own oil, believe it or not. Are not Most people don't realize that at this point. So we're looking at higher prices at the pump, and that's a pretty big deal for Mississippians because a lot of us travel a long ways to go to work. Uh, but also, it, the uh, sort of the secondary effects is that oil obviously is used in a lot of uh, production processes. It costs and so every every all of the costs go up at that point, and so now we're talking inflation. All right. So today, during Hurricane Preparedness Week, we're going to be talking about an emergency financial aid first kit. Uh, I'm sorry, an emergency financial first aid kit. Uh, we're also looking for your personal finance questions. The number to call is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. If you uh, aren't near a phone and need to uh, con- uh, join the conversation today, you can send us an email. It's money <clears throat> at mpbonline.org. Our source document for what we're going to be talking about today is the Emergency Financial Aid First Kit, the EFFAK, uh, prepared by FEMA. And uh, if you need one, if you're uh, you hear what we're talking about and think that this would be helpful to you in your preparedness uh, for the upcoming hurricane season. <coughs> You can call a toll-free number or go online. So the toll-free number uh, for the first aid kit is 800-480-2520. Ask for publication number 1075. Possibly a more direct way would be go online where you can download your own copy. Go to www.ready.gov slash financial preparedness. So uh, there are basically this uh, document talks about four steps to preparedness. And a lot of what this is, is just a way for you to uh, find your your financial information and kind of write it down on. There's a bunch of uh, checklists and forms that you would fill out. And it's basically you have that. So all of this information is going to be in one place uh, when you need it. So step one in the preparedness process is to assess and compile documents by gathering them in one place. And again, that's kind of what 
uh, the, the purpose of this kit is. Well, it doesn't need to be uh, a hurricane on the horizon for you to do this. This is something you should do at least once a year is just to really take stock um, and to look at all of your accounts, have them listed as far as uh, the institution. Where are Where is that account? What is the account number? How is the account registered? What's the value of the account? And then take a look at what's in the account. And to have that all in one place, because it may not be a hurricane, you know, um, what if something happens to you and someone has to come in and track down all of this? So it needs to be organized. You need to have your eyes on it. And of course, it gives us the opportunity when we do that, to think, well, why do I have 10 different IRAs? Maybe I need to consolidate at this point. So that, that's a good point then. So just sort of using this as the jump off point, it, it's, it's helpful for uh, there in case there is uh, an emergency, but also, as you're saying, it's good to have it there. And this is something that once you kind of uh, compile, just update it as, as changes are made. And again, I, I never thought about that too, but it's a good time to, as you said, hey, why do I need this? And it's a good time to kind of reassess uh, where your financial uh, house is in order uh, as well. So um, one of the suggestions here is uh, a direct deposit. And I think that's a, a good idea because, again, uh, you, you don't have to worry about getting the check and going to the bank and making a deposit. Right, because, you know, if something happens to your residence, you can't be living there. So uh, it may be difficult to even deliver mail there, much less tr- for you to try to pick it up in the middle of that mess. And a lot of people have converted to this. Um, it does help a lot, certainly. Um, Social Security recipients are... Uh, usually on direct deposit. And um, uh, we even at the office, we have uh, a direct deposit for our paychecks. So that's very helpful to have it go straight into your bank account. Um, also, it suggests um, auto bill pay and knowing what is on uh, auto bill pay uh, so you know what bills will be paid automatically for you. Um, and um, I, I like this because I use a couple of these each month. I know my uh, car note I do this with. And uh, finally, uh, the uh, bank, um, the online banking interface that I use has finally had an indication because I've, some months I couldn't. It was like, I don't remember, is this on auto pay or not? And obviously, you don't want to miss uh, a, a car note. So, uh, as I said, the, the bank I have finally has put a little uh, indication that, you know, this is an auto pay. So I know which ones uh, I are automatically paid each month and which ones I have to go ahead and uh, issue a payment for. So, But you may also get into a bind with an emergency like a hurricane and the a storm or a natural disaster of some sort could also give you some flexibility on your credit. So if you have a major situation happen, you may want to stop some of those bills because now you need the cash and many creditors will give you some leeway in that situation. Uh, We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue our discussion. Again, it's Hurricane Preparedness Week, so we're talking about compiling an emergency financial first aid kit that will not only help you out during hurricane season, but as Nancy pointed out at the top of the show, is a valuable thing to have uh, for just everyday your everyday living. Uh, We're looking for your personal finance questions this morning. And also, uh, did you learn any financial lessons in terms of preparation uh, during Hurricane Katrina? You can give us a call. We have got some open phone lines. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Back with more after this.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of Two Perspectives. Today, we are talking about an emergency financial first aid kit. It's Hurricane Preparedness Week, and so this is a good time to make sure that all of your financial information is in one place. Although, as we said at the top of the show, this is something that will help you out uh, in an emergency, but also just it's good to have on hand uh, because of uh, any other sort of non-natural disaster-related emergencies. You might need to know this information, and it's good to, to uh, you know rest assured knowing that it's all in one place, and if you ever need to uh, get it, you know where it is, and it's all there for you. Uh, we're also, as we do each Tuesday, looking for any personal finance questions that you have. And we've got some open phone lines. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. And again, if you'd like uh, to get this uh, information, this first aid kit sent to you, it's, I think it's a good way to make sure you do have all your information you need in one in a place you can get it uh, from FEMA either by calling 800 800- Four eight zero two five two zero and asking for publication number one zero seven five, or downloading one yourself from the web at www.ready.gov/financialpreparedness. So we talked about the ability, or the uh, the a, a good idea is to sign up for direct deposit, and we've talked about uh, knowing which bills are on auto pay, uh, so that you know which ones are being paid. But again, as Nancy mentioned before the break, uh, know that you might which ones you might need to stop if you're given any kind of leeway uh, following an emergency from uh, your various uh, uh, people you owe money to. It's good to know which ones are on auto pay so that you can temporarily suspend that. Uh, another thing that I think uh, is important, obviously, is to um, take photographs uh, of your your property and your possessions. Well, you can use uh, one of the photo streaming services, and it's really easy to have it all in one place, and you can then um, access that remotely. You don't need to take pictures of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you might take pictures of your shoes, Kevin, right? <laughs> Those are important to you, valuable. But think about, you know, are there family heirlooms? Are there antiques, um, special pieces of artwork, uh, jewelry, those kinds of things, appliances, um, anything that has significant value to it. And you need to make a record of that. And uh, again, using those photo services, you can upload that and keep it all in one folder. So if you do have to file an insurance claim, it's much easier for you to pull it all out and say, look, this is what was in the house. Also, you know, with uh, electronics, I know, you know, people like having large screen TVs and those sort of things. And those those are expensive items. You want want to inventory those with a photograph as well. And I think it's also important uh, to maybe go around your property, take pictures of your house uh, so that you have proof of what the what condition it was in uh, prior to a storm so that if you get any damage, uh, you know, a tree falls down or whatever, you can clearly show that, you know, a before and after kind of thing uh, to help out when you uh, deal with insurance in the aftermath of of some sort of uh, hurricane or other emergency. Uh, we have got a caller on the line. So why don't we invite uh, Susan into the program? Good morning, Susan. You're on the air. Good morning. Can you hear me? Sure. Go ahead, please. 
Um, yes, I had called a couple of weeks ago, and first off, I want to say I really enjoy y'all's show. Thanks. Thank you. And you're welcome. And I called a couple of weeks ago because I'm getting a new employer, and I had questioned about whether to roll my existing 401k into an individual IRA that I already have versus into their 401k company, which is Fidelity. And I had called about that, and my 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 personal um, uh, financial advisor, where my RA is, he charges one percent a year to handle all of the accounts I have there. Now, when I called Fidelity to question about any charges they may have, they said I had to check with my plan administrator of my new employer, and and then they explained to me that some companies that they they handle thousands of companies, and some companies will um, have fees that they get paid for holding my 401k and they don't want to disclose, Fidelity will not disclose what my company, that my new company is going to be charging. Do you know anything about these hidden fees that they don't tell you about? Well, um, some of that can be um, administrative fees. So for any 401k plan, there are papers to be filed. You have to track all the flow of funds, uh, reports to be made, reports to the IRS, all of that. And there's a cost to that. Sometimes that cost is embedded in the expense ratios for each of the funds that are available in the 401k. So you can simply look at what are my choices here on Fidelity funds and what's the annual expense ratio and um, how different is that if if I were just to buy this fund off the street or if I were in a different plan because there are different share classes of the same fund and all it's about is just how much they're charging you every year to manage the fund. In some cases, those administrative fees are listed separately. And so when I've done some research on 401k plans, and you can uh, get those documents, and uh, you can look at what those charges are. So sometimes it's a flat fee. Sometimes it is, or typically it is a percentage fee on top of the fund expenses. But most of the time what you're going to find within a 401k especially if you're talking about Fidelity, because I remember you calling in, and we do like Fidelity, um, you're usually going to find lower expense ratios than you would find under your arrangement with your person. But the big question is, are, are you going to be able to manage it yourself? Are you comfortable doing that? Um, Fidelity does have a good slate of funds, but if the, the person you're using, your advisor, you feel like adds value, then go that route. Um, but it really is difficult, you're right, to kind of sort it out. And some of those fees are buried, and it's hard to tease them out and figure out what you're being charged. I see. I see. So, I mean, my what I could do is what my personal advisor had done before. I can just go in there and pick the same funds that I have, you know, that he did with me before. I can pick the same ones at Fidelity, and then no one has to manage it because it's already there. Is that logical, what I just said? Yes, that's true. But then again, understand that you're going to be responsible for any changes in the funds, for reviewing those and monitoring them. If you're comfortable with that, then that's fine. Uh, you're probably okay. going to get a better deal. But then that puts the burden on you to uh, watch it and adjust it as need be. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank okay, you. Okay, good luck. All right, uh, Susan, we appreciate your call. Let's move on. Next, we've got uh, Larry in Greenville. Larry, you're on the air. Go ahead. 
Yes. Uh, are you talking about uh, hurricane preparedness? I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. I'm just down to Greenville visiting. Uh-huh. Uh, I found out when we had a tornado come through Huntsville that cash on hand also is good to have for hurricane preparedness. Absolutely. Because all the telemachines stopped working. Yep. Yep. Uh, Larry, a great point. Thanks for calling in. And that's actually was next on our list. And he said it perfectly. You know, your ATM machine uh, might be out of commission. The banks might be closed if there if is, in his case, a tornado or a hurricane uh, blows through. And the thing is, Kevin, with a hurricane, you know, I grew up on the coast of Mississippi. You know, a hurricane's coming. Mm -hmm. So everybody's running to the uh, gas station to fill up your tanks. You're running to the grocery store. You can go to the bank. But a tornado is much more. Um, of a surprise. Mm-hmm. And so that means maybe you need to keep a little bit of cash on hand. The real issue then is to make sure it is in a secure place <laughs> so nobody steps in and takes your money. And also, that's a, a good point, too, because, again, when, when you're pr- compiling all this information and you've got this great emergency kit, uh, you do want, again, safeguard it. Uh, you want to keep it dry. And also, uh, I think you want to have it where you can conveniently grab it, uh, because if you have to relocate, if you know if your house is damaged, to due to an emergency situation. Uh, you want to be able to get this information and have it with you uh, in one place. Uh, and again, that's kind of what this kit does. And I think it's it's fairly well laid out um, in the section on household identification. There's a chart that lists the type of document, uh, an, a way to indicate a check mark whether you have it or maybe it's not, uh, not, uh, not applicable. Is a will on there? Um, I think that a will is on here. Let me yes. see. So, because that's everybody yeah. needs to have a will, and this does have some um, importance in a hurricane situation because sometimes people lose their lives. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> it also has a spot to indicate the date that it was added or updated because, again, we talked about the idea of uh, for this to be very valuable to you, uh, you have to keep it current. And then there's also a column here that has a little bit of tips for you. So things uh, that – and, you know, the other thing I like about this is, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I've got to gather up all my uh, information. But this also gives you um, uh, some a reference to go by to make sure that you do include things. So I think some things on this list that you might not originally think of needing or wanting to have in one place. So just to kind of run through to give you kind of an idea of what this uh, is asking you to uh, compile for household identification, you want your driver's license or other photo ID, photocopying front or back. So you would keep a copy of that uh, birth certificates, uh, child custody documents, marriage licenses, divorce decrees, copies of your social security card, uh, any sort of uh, child identity cards, dental records, um, passports if you have one, um, um, but also things about your pet, your pet's ID tag, maybe any kind of records that you have from your veterinarian, uh, those sorts of things. Because again, if you have a pet, uh, you want to make sure that they're safe as well and, and the important information uh, that you would need there. Then in the next part of the the section, it lists your name, your residence, your mailing address, names of your spouse, your partner, uh, employment information, uh, that sort of thing. So again, I think this really is a very uh, comprehensive uh, list of things uh, that you um, need to have in one spot. And again, the idea here is go ahead and do it now while you're safe that, you know, you're not worried about anything uh, and then you'll have it uh, for when you need it uh, in case of a natural disaster or um, uh, any other sort of emergency. Uh, So we talked about uh, photographing the valuables, uh, thinking about auto bill pay, which ones are those on, possibly signing up for direct deposit, keeping that secret stash of cash. Uh, Curious, what would you say is a good amount uh, to have on hand? 
Um, I would guess maybe around $500. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't want to keep a lot of cash on hand, but you need enough that um, if you have to go someplace and um, get food, find another lodging, it would be temporary. Um, and most of the time here in the United States, thank goodness, uh, we're not Puerto Rico, even though they are United States, but we're within this um, contiguous 48, we don't lose power for long stretches of time. Um, And even in hurricanes, we might be out of power for a week or two. I remember in Hurricane Camille, I think it was two weeks at our house. So that $500 should be enough to get you through that period of time. Uh, the last one on the list, uh, it says to know your FICO score. Um, wh- why do you think that would be I, important? I don't know that you need to know your FICO score. I think everybody needs to know that they have a good, clean credit report and that they have a decent score. And the idea is if you run into a cash crunch, can you borrow money? Can you borrow the money that you need to um, repair your house in the meantime or replace a car while you're waiting for insurance proceeds or if you don't have insurance on some things that you can replace those items? Um, And that means just making sure that you have maintained a good credit report and you have enough room in how much they will lend you to be able to access that money if you need to. Also, I think a lot of us uh, these days have smartphones, so if you have one, you might want to think about uh, downloading any banking or mobile apps uh, that uh, for, from your financial institution that you might have. And again, Nancy, I thought you had a good suggestion there in terms of when you're trying to document uh, your possessions and maybe the um, the you know the the condition of your property in your house. You know, use use a number any a number of the photo uploading services. Well, and there are a lot of um, file services. I I use Dropbox. Uh, there's Box. There's several others like that out there that you can prepare these documents and then just scan them in and have them there so that they're available at any time. You know, at my house, we might be pretty good at at having all of our documents, but then actually knowing where they are. Mm-hmm. That's another thing altogether. We're kind of looking at each other saying, where did you put that? Where is it? Can we find it? Um, so to know it's all locked away and it's accessible to you at any place, that's helpful. Uh, I would agree. Every time I look at my little file cabinet I have there, I, you know, I've got all these things and I'm, and, and I'm very bad about starting a folder for one type of information. And then when you go back and look through it, there's all sorts of other just various things thrown in there. Like, <laughs> well, that's the green folder. This? Let me just stick it in. Yes. Uh, we actually uh, found a box in a storage room, and I opened it up, and it was all kinds of papers. And it, there were some pretty important papers in there. And we were surprised. We didn't know we still even had these, and where were they? And, uh, and of course, that led me to say to my husband, do you have room for this in your office? And he said no. <laughs> we need to take another quick break. Again, we're talking about this because it is Hurricane Prepared this week. But this is really something that if you compile, uh, it's a handy thing to have on, on hand. Uh, for other types of emergencies as well. We're looking for any personal finance questions that you have as we talk about the emergency financial first aid kit. Uh, So give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Back after this break.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Today, during Hurricane Preparedness Week, we're talking about creating an emergency financial first aid kit. But as we've mentioned a number of times, uh, it's helpful in uh, emergency or natural disaster, but also it's just good to have all this information on hand where you know you can get to it easily if you need it. So this would be a good way uh, to get organized. Uh, Then the important thing to do is keep it safeguarded, uh, but also to update it uh, as, uh, uh, as your situation changes and just to review it periodically to make sure the information contains did it is the most up-to-date information available. Um, it's uh, available through FEMA, two ways to get this kit. And again, it's just a way to help you get everything you need compiled in one um, in one package, one first aid kit, as we're calling it. So if you want one, you can get one by calling 800-480-2520, asking for publication number 1075, or download it yourself from the web at www.ready.gov slash financial prepare. So far, we've talked about uh, possibly signing up for direct deposit so that uh, you can get the money uh, that you need in your account without having to worry about, uh, you know, depositing it in a bank. Because as we mentioned, banks or ATM machines in an emergency situation might not be functioning. Talked about knowing what bills are on auto pay so that you can uh, disable that if you need to during an emergency. Uh, We talked about photographing valuables and your property to have a record of, uh, you know, what you have uh, in existing, you know, with the current situation of your property and also just a good idea of your your valuables on hand so that uh, in any sort of insurance um claims in the aftermath. We talked about a secret stash of cash, a money on hand. So again, secret is the keyword. <laughs> and, 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 a, and, a, and a promise from uh, all of your members of the family not to raid the secret yes, stash of cash yes. for any non-emergency reason. Um, and so uh, uh, this is also a good time uh, as you're gathering all this information to kind of review uh, your situation. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, maybe do I need these various uh, retirement accounts, or uh, if you look and say, is my insurance adequate? Uh, do I have enough in- car insurance, home insurance? Yeah, uh, that's to cover? a big deal. You need to pull out those insurance policies, um, any kind of property and casualty policies. That means uh, your house insurance, your car insurance. Uh, if you have insurance on a boat or a tractor or an umbrella policy, pull all of those out. But also your life insurance policy, um, your health insurance policy. You may end up in a situation where you have to leave and you had a policy where it was all about this network of doctors. Well, that's been decimated. And now what do I do? Um, And take a look at that. Now, be careful if you invite in an insurance salesman to look at those policies because they're going to convince you to buy more. I'll guarantee you they're going to walk out and you have will have purchased more. <laughs> um, and more often than not, I see people with too much insurance. But when it comes to property and casualty, one of the problems is sometimes you've had uh, a change in value. So if your house value is so much more, then maybe you need to make sure it has kept up because you have to think about replacement value with any of those uh, assets. 
we are looking for your personal finance questions as we discuss this emergency financial first aid kit. We've got some open phone lines, so you can call us at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also email the show. It's money at mpbonline.org. Nancy, earlier in the show, you brought up uh, the will, so it's good to make sure, uh, as you f- stated first, that you have a will. Yes. Uh, and maybe a, um, a medical directive, I think, is the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- and, and you know that here in the state of Mississippi, it is legal if you write your will by hand and sign it at the bottom, get a couple of neighbors to uh, then witness that at the bottom. That is a legal document. So you, know, you don't necessarily have to go to an attorney, but I do encourage people to do that. You know, go sit down with somebody who knows the law. Uh, and of course, that law varies by state. But you need somebody who can ask you those questions about what is it that you really want to do and what is your family situation like? And so how do we structure this so that when you're gone, things happen the way you want? And it can be a fairly simple document. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. It's just, again, uh, letting people know what you want done with your assets uh, should you should you pass away. Uh, remind us again, then, the medical directive. What What is that? Well, that is just basically... Um, giving some instructions and it's in its whole set of instructions related to um, you know a ventilator or even uh, feeding tubes and you are saying this is what I want Uh, I want you to keep me going or I don't want you to keep me going and that is really important because it's a hard decision for family members to make so if they have something in writing saying well this is what Kevin said he wanted then I know I'm doing what he wanted us to do and so there's a lot of assurance in being able to do that. Um, when I have a couple, um, I'm not as worried about that usually because the two spouses, often they've talked to each other about that. They, they've they had those conversations. They know what that other person wants. But think about um, a parent and their grown child has to make that choice. So if there's something in writing and if you've given a copy of that to them in writing and you've talked to them about it, then it's a, a lot easier to decision when the time comes. Also, I think another one along those lines is uh, if you are an organ donor, someone that's willing to donate your organs in, in the event of your death to someone who might need it, that's an important uh, a document to in- include in that uh, there as well. One eight seven seven MPB ring is our phone number. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're talking about the emergency financial first aid kit. If you have some experience about finances in the wake of an emergency and you'd like to share with us, you can. And again, we always look for your personal finance questions on Money Talks uh, every Tuesday. So if you have a question that you think Nancy can give you some help with, uh, please give us a call. We've got some open phone lines ready for your call. So. Uh, We've kind of gathered everything together in one spot. We've got to make sure that all of our important uh, documents and identification papers and that sort of thing are uh, where are there. We've reviewed things, making sure that uh, insurance is adequate, a will is up to date, uh, that sort of thing. So now uh, the idea is uh, to safeguard the information. And the suggestion is uh, to have a fireproof, waterproof box, safe file, something uh, that you know, you know where it is. It's easily you can get to it easily, and also it's uh, it's protected yeah, but, against. But my uh, question is, you know, we used to always say that, but my question now is, do we need to do that if we can scan documents? Because these are just mainly documents. Um, now, in some cases, 
for instance, with a will, someone could say that's not the original will, and uh, but someone would have to produce something different. Um, so most of the time, if you can scan things and have them on a remote server, then you have that protection. Uh, you know, I, I don't need the original insurance policy. In fact, you can sign documents saying I lost the policy, and, but the policy is still in effect. What you need is to be able to look at the policy and say, what can I do? What will they pay off? And what are the limits? And what are my rights in all of this? But do you think it's a good idea just in case? Again, we've talked about, you know, things happening. Say you have all this saved. You could. I mean, you know, you could put your, put your cash in there and do all of that. So, you know, the, the the storm is roaring down the street and you have a box you can grab and run with it. But yeah, that would work. Well, and and because uh, the, the other suggestion here in this uh, kit is a good one and kind of dovetails with what you were just saying. If you have electronic copies, it, it might be easier because then you can put them all maybe on a flash drive. And so instead of having maybe to Who look needs around- a flash drive anymore, <laughs> Kevin? I mean, that is so like 2016, right? <laughs> I'm not sure I trust the cloud completely. I'm always wondering well, what happens. Maybe you could put it on different clouds, okay? <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, you know, in fact, I'm, I'm pulling out my, my little flash drives. We call them pen drives and thinking, what's on this? I don't even know what's on this anymore. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, it's so much easier now to keep track of all of that. Well, I, but I, I'll agree. So, but the point, though, is even for electronic copies, make sure it's safeguarded somewhere, backed up somewhere so that you can access it uh, should you need to in, in the event of, of any uh, sort of e- emergency situation. Uh, the other thing I would think, might again, maybe what might be valuable having a paper copies of would be, you know, in my case, uh, a relative, my brother or a sister or something like that, a, a close friend possibly. Uh, to where in something happens, uh, you know, you've got a, a safe copy somewhere else uh, that you can access if you need to. Well, I mean, the only way, reason I would think you would want the paper copies, and I, I'm just trying to think here, of loss of power, loss of network coverage. But again, most of the time, if you have some major event, a hurricane, a tornado, earthquake, fire, people are evacuating that area and they're going to a safer place that has all of those services. Uh, and this says if uh, if you have a lawyer, financial advisor, or trusted family member or friend, you want to provide them with a copy of your uh, first aid kit. <laughs> I like this. It says in a sealed envelope to be opened only with your approval or the approval of someone who you have chosen the event you cannot make decisions on your own. But again, that's, you know, because this is uh, financial uh, information, it's a little bit sensitive. So you do want to make sure uh, that you don't willy-nilly just hand it out to all the neighbors on the street well, or whatever. And, and one of the things that we do with our clients is when they sign up with us, they sign a piece of paper that has a list of the people that it's okay for us to talk to. And so sometimes they put their grown children on there. Uh, Sometimes they put a CPA or an attorney on there, but they put people on there that we can speak to and give out private information. And so when somebody calls and ask about this person and we pull up that list if their name is not on that list we just pretend like we don't know them 
So we are talking about the emergency financial first aid kit. And again, FEMA has um, a packet of information that is just it's uh, convenient for you to gather all this information. You know, you're going to have to do the work yourself to make sure that you've got all this information. But this, I think, is a, a nice guideline that will kind of step you through all of the things that you need to have uh, uh, assembled for your first aid kit. Uh, and you, if you'd like to get one, you can call 800 480 2520 asking for publication number 1075 or again download it yourself go to m uh, go to go to not mpb go to www.ready.gov slash financial preparedness one final break this hour when we get back we will wrap things up we're still looking for any personal finance questions you have we've got some open phone lines so if you have a question that needs answering give us a call the number is 1-877-MPB-RING it's 1-877-672- 7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back to wrap up the program after this final break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lockridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Today, uh, during Hurricane Preparedness Week, we're talking about preparing an emergency financial first aid kit. It's a way to get all the information that you might need in the wake of a hurricane or other natural disaster or emergency in one place so that you have it to uh, access should you need it. But as we've mentioned a number of times, it's a good idea to have all this information at your fingertips uh, anytime, uh, whether you're facing uh, uh, an emergency or financial uh, natural disaster or, or not. And again, it's a good idea to review this information periodically throughout the year to make sure that uh, it's up to date. Because again, if you've got all this uh, assembled in one spot and, and the information is out of date, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of having it. So um, maybe uh, updating it uh, during Hurricane Preparedness Week might be a good time to do it. Maybe during tax preparation time. Uh, if you have a major change, you know, maybe you've changed uh, jobs, you've changed your insurance carrier. You've changed spouses. That, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good time. Or maybe, you know, we talked about this before, maybe on your birthday, it's something you could do. But again, oh, that's a good idea. Just yeah. the idea, you know, periodically throughout the year on a date that you can remember, just think, hey, I need to make sure that my financial information is up to date in my financial first aid kit. We've got a caller on the line, so we will invite uh, Bob from Memphis into the conversation. Good morning, Bob. Go ahead, please. Good morning, y'all. I'm I'm calling to find out uh, to avoid an emergency is what I'm really doing. Okay. I'm I'm retiring in the next twelve to eighteen months. Congratulations. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm counting. The, I'm marking the calendar day by day. <laughs> um, a part of my retirement plan is to take the money I have in a thrift savings plan 
uh, and put 50% in, into preferred stock with Fidelity and the other 50% into index 500, S&P index 500, and used 4 to 5% per year of that money to help me in my retirement. Um, I'm not, I don't have to take Social Security yet. I've, I've got other means, and I'll have a small part-time job. So um, I'm just, I want reassurance from someone who knows more than me, and y'all are the one staff. I know it's a risk plan, but it's not a high-risk plan to have half your money in the uh, S&P index 500 and half in preferred stocks. Is that a good plan? I know it's not safe, but it's not real risky, is it? Well, um, Bob, first of all, um, I can tell you're a federal employee because you have the TSP, the Thrift Savings Plan. Correct. And so what you're talking about doing is rolling it over, right? Correct. Correct. Now, my question is, why are you rolling it over? Why? Because the thrift saving plans do, doesn't have those specific but, plans available. Um, um, okay, so you're looking for some different options. Uh, they do have some good options, I will tell you that. And I'll go back to what we talked about earlier in the show, which is you have to consider the cost. And you're at a very low-cost situation with the TSP. If you okay. move to Fidelity, you may be increasing your cost. But I still like Fidelity. I like the idea of half of it being in the Index 500. It's tracking the S&P 500. That is stock. You're right. You're taking a risk there. But those are big U.S. companies, many of them paying dividends. They're going to be much more stable because you do need to get growth over your lifetime. Correct. The the other half in preferred stocks, I have a little bit of a question about that. Preferred stocks are what we call hybrid securities. Right. They, They have some elements of a bond and some elements of a stock. So you're going to have some exposure there. And so I might tell you to split the difference and say 25% in the preferred stock and 25% in a very short-term bond fund. Very short-term right now because interest rates are going up and they will certainly be going up over the next 12 to 18 months, but even beyond that, and I don't want you to risk that. And taking out about that 4 to 5% a year in income to supplement what you're getting from your pension is perfectly in line. 4% is the rule of thumb. Sometimes will go as high as 6% with somebody. And what you have said to me is you are delaying Social Security. We love to hear that because when you delay, you are going to have higher benefits later on. That will then uh, be to your benefit overall. And so when your Social Security kicks in, there's a good chance that you may be able to stop drawing from your TSP or pull back on how much you take out of the TSP. So taking out a, a larger amount right now, how old are you? Uh, I'm 60, be 61 here in just a few months. Okay, so your full retirement is going to be 66, I think. So um, taking out a a higher amount for five years is not going to do a lot of damage. Right. You're, you're going to be fine uh, right. if that allows you to delay and then pull back at that point so that your TSP becomes your what-if money, that big amount that will cover you in those last few years of your life. 
great. Okay. Sounds like a good plan, though. Yes, ma'am. Can I ask one more question? Sure, go ahead. The, the, you said the TSB has some things that are, are, are good investment, like the S&P 500 and such as that, and it would be lower cost to do that rather than fidelity. Do you, what are those plans? I, I'm not aware. Of well, them. you have letters, right? Right. So you have C, which is common stock. Right. And um, the last time I looked at that, I think it's going to be heavier on big U.S. companies. Okay. But you can go dig in that and see. You have okay. G, which is the government fund, which is just government bonds, very right. safe. Right. Um, I think there's an I, which is international for fund. international if you wanted to get right. a little bit. And I would encourage you to have some small exposure to international. That's where our growth has been, maybe in the 15% range. Right, I, and I do. I, I do that instead of go to the casinos. I just put my good. That's time. perfect. <laughs> so okay, so I have that. So so they the common stock is weighted heavily towards the Standard Poor Five Hundred. I I think so. That's that okay. if my memory serves. Now okay. the the thing about rolling over that we've talked about before is that often what I hear from clients and the reason they will roll over is because it's harder to get their money if they leave it in that 401k. You know, they have to call somebody, they have to fill out forms versus if it's in your IRA, you know, we can attach it to your bank account in just a matter of days, you've got your money. So if that's an issue for you, then that would be a reason to do it. And Fidelity is a good uh, set of funds. I have no problem with them. Thank you so much for your help. Okay, good luck. You have a good day. Thanks, Bob, for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, wrapping up our discussion on the emergency financial first aid kit. Uh, before the break, we talked about updating uh, your kit to, and making sure the information is all still current. And again, a couple of times that you would think about doing that uh, if you change insurance provider, if you move, if you purchase a new home or rent a new apartment, uh, if you open or close a bank account, change in marital status, if you have a child, uh, if your child changes schools during retirement planning, or if they there is a death within your household. Uh, also, our producer, Liz Gill, made a good point, and that is, uh, you know, a lot of times in the wake of, of a natural disaster, you're temporarily uh, displaced and you have to relocate. Uh, and so she said, uh, save receipts on expenses that you incur. Oh, absolutely, because uh, you can uh, file those with your insurance. And so they will typically cover a lot of that while you're on the move. And it might just be, you know, maybe to keep a simple ledger, just keep a, a, a running. No, I think they're going to ask for receipts. Well, I mean, also just a, a ledger of, of where your money is being spent. But so you know just, what you can do? You can take pictures of those receipts <laughs> and you can upload it to an expense app. And you can upload it to the cloud. That's because right. Because it's so, 2018, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> well, I've been dragged into the 21st century here uh, this morning. So uh, that's going to wrap us up again. Uh, three ways that you can get this financial first aid kit if you want it. You can call 800-480-2520, asking for publication 1075. You can go to ready.gov slash financial preparedness. And our producer, Liz Gill, is also going to put the link on our webpage, mpbonline.org. Find the Money Talks page. Money Talks is a production of MPP Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, who I think was our also our call screener today. So for Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.